0: Fear it, Ophelia, fear it, dear sister, and keep you in the rear of your affection, out of the shot and danger of desire. The cherious maid is prodigal enough if she unmask her beauty to the moon."
1: I'm Zach Powers, and this is Stage of Fools, the unofficial Royals podcast.
0: Today we're talking about Season 1, Episode 5, Unmasked Her Beauty to the Moon.
1: At the annual Masquerade Ball, Liam continues to pine over Ophelia, who attends the event with Nick in tow. Helena quickly absconds from the party, spending the majority of the evening in a tryst with her longtime secret lover, leaving Cyrus to convince the members of the House of Lords to oppose any anti-monarchy referendums. Jasper, despite claiming he has no blackmail tape, seems to solidify his dominance in the relationship with Eleanor, until Eleanor slips away from him to join Liam for a weekend getaway in Monaco. At the last minute, Ophelia leaves Nick behind and also heads for Monaco.
0: Since this is such a beautiful and fabulous episode, obviously we need an equally beautiful and fabulous guest. And I'm so, so, so excited to introduce the wonderful lady who's going to be joining us today, Sammy Campbell. Hi! What a wonderful
2: introduction. Thank you.
0: I'm also really excited to have Sammy on, not just because she's an a-plus human being but because she had never seen the royals before zach and i got her to join us on this little adventure so
1: unlike our first guest darren who i think saw at least the entire first season at the time he was on the show (laughs) so
0: full disclosure this podcast was darren's idea so if you're Uh, mad at me and zach blame darren (laughs) i'm passing that buck right along or passing the pound whatever Anyway, Sammy, I wanted to know, based on this episode, what were your first impressions of the show?
2: Well, as you both know, but some of your listeners may not know, um, I am kind of a trash television aficionado. I love, I love trashy TV. And this show surprised me a little bit because it was a lot more similar to like a a daily network soap than i expected there were people that were definitely coded as as villains and were very over the top and then they would be yes. like totally different coded. when
1: I mean, <laughs> yeah they um, almost were a sign that they spun <laughs> like actively like those people outside little caesar yeah exactly
0: it's like an agatha christie play <laughs> right except and... actually way more obvious
2: <laughs> right and like one of the main uh markers for me of a of a soap opera is where... In the moments where you're supposed to uh, see the character as villainous, they are acting very mustache-twirly and villainy. And then in the moments where you're supposed to see them as a person, there's, like, soft music and um, romance and moonlight, which was a lot with Queen Helena. (laughs) It was, like, from one moment to the next, she was, like, the worst person, and then you were like, magical moonlight interlude. And (laughs) I loved it.
0: Yeah, we'll definitely dig into that because you Hit the nail so on the head. Um, I think this whole episode is meant to humanize Helena because Sammy hasn't been around to see, but Helena um her firstborn son is recently deceased, and she's mm-hmm. so awful that she will literally only bring him up to torment her children and her husband.
1: <laughs> yeah, or manipulate them.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I gotta say, I gotta say this right at the top, and then I'll try not to harp on it too much. I miss King Simon in this episode. <laughs> he's such a lovable character without having him around. It's like, I have no one to root for. <laughs> Come back from your vacation, please.
1: I don't think he's in this one. I don't think he's in the next one either, but we'll get there. But I'm pretty sure he's not.
0: Right at the top, we have um, Ophelia and Eleanor hanging out. Kind of an unlikely pair because of their personalities, sort of makes sense that they would hang out because they've known each other for such a long time because Ophelia's dad is the head of palace security so she lives there with them Mm -hmm. but so they're supposed to be like really close old friends but there's also things like Ophelia has never seen Eleanor's closet (laughs) even though they technically live in the same
1: building she lived in America for a long time and when Liam met her in episode one Liam didn't know who she was
0: I still call bullshit on that. But um, I loved that there was a triple closet fake-out because she looks through her closet and she's like, your closet's amazing. And then Eleanor's like, that's not my closet. So she opens up the closet and there's a bigger closet. They go into the bigger closet. And then Ophelia's like, I love your dresses. And Eleanor's like, those aren't my dresses. They walk back out of the (laughs) second closet and dresses are brought in.
2: I loved that scene. I also loved how... um. The princess Eleanor, right? That's her name. Yeah. How she was almost too tall to get into her closet, <laughs> yes. um, like you could see the actress like very nearly hit her head, and it was like I I loved this like moment where it's like oh I'm I'm impressing you once again with being a princess, and it's like she knows you're a princess. You can like dial it back a little bit.
0: And Ophelia's like probably one of the few people who's not that impressed by the royalty thing just because it's not that much of a novelty to her. Right. I just love like my favorite pastime with this podcast slash watching the show is calling out the Hamlet connections. And there was one in this scene that I really, really liked. Eleanor and Ophelia are discussing Ophelia's relationship with Prince Liam and Ophelia's like, no I don't like him. I do Totally don't still have feelings for him. And Eleanor says, The bitch doth protest, which is, of course, a play on Queen Gertrude's famous line, Me think the lady doth protest too much. So I just thought that was fun. Just had to drop that in there for a a touch (laughs) of class, a touch of Shakespeare.
1: There's also, briefly, I want to touch on this episode. It's really apparent, but it's happened a couple of times. I love how completely on the nose the titles of the episodes are in regards to what the episode is about because yeah. they definitely chose this title which is Unmask Her Beauty to the Moon because there is a masquerade ball <laughs> in the episode yeah, and not for like significant like, story reasons, it's even worse in the next episode, which we'll we'll get to.
0: Episode three was Welcome Our Fashion and Ceremony, and it was the Fashion fashion Week Mm (laughs) episode.
1: And Infants of the Spring was, like, the spring, like, outside party that they had
0: Yes, it was a garden party. Oh my God, you're blowing my mind a little bit right now.
1: The titles are so on the nose, it's ridiculous.
0: Eleanor goes and gives Jasper a cup of tea, and of course there's a continuation of the running gag that Ophelia's an American, she doesn't drink tea, she likes coffee, and it's like, (laughs) yeah. Again, half my notes for this episode are in all caps, we get it. We get it. Ophelia's like the last time we talked about Jasper you were trying to get me to help you destroy him and Eleanor's like nah, but we like are boning a bunch now so She specifically
1: <laughs> says something along the lines of I thought you were trying to I think vanquish him Vanquish and him. she yeah, says yeah, yeah. I vanquished him several times last night so <laughs> their relationship is this episode is weird for the Jasper Eleanor relationship <laughs> I think It's very weird <laughs> It really evolves in this episode.
0: We end up with Liam and his friend, Ashok, and Ashok is playing with a giant bow and arrow. (laughs) Chekhov's bow and arrow. Because if an arrow shows up in the first act, then you better bet it's going to play off in the third act. Except by third act, I mean the next episode. And Liam's like, it's all fun and games until someone gets shot with a big Peruvian arrow. And it's like, "Uh (laughs) uh-huh. Uh-huh. And Ashok exactly. says,
1: no one is going to get shot with an arrow. <laughs> so, pretty I confidently, am making... the final word on that.
0: I am making so many faces that the listeners will never be able to appreciate. This is pretty classic of the Royals, though. They just tell you what's going to happen in upcoming episodes, yeah. like, not even that obliquely. They're just like, hey, so next week, tune in and watch someone get maimed.
1: No, This is 100% the most fun thing about rewatching this show, is all the... In retrospect, very obvious foreshadowing they do.
0: Is it foreshadowing if they just tell you what's going to happen?
1: Basically tell you? I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm not sure how obvious foreshadowing can be.
0: I listen to quite a few bad movie podcasts, and it's that idea that in a bad movie, nothing can happen unless they set it up a ton beforehand. Right. Right. Yeah. So, uh, Helena gets away to the spa, quote unquote. Really? She's meeting up with her lover. And she has a body double who is half her age. At least. (laughs) Like, it's actually hilarious. She looks like she could probably more be um, Eleanor's body double. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's the same girl. I mean, because Eleanor's body double shows up later in a hilarious fashion. (laughs) Is
1: this the first introduction of the Lucius character? The the evilly named Lucius character? It's pronounced Lucius. Lucius. Okay, there's an extra syllable. (laughs) I forgot to fancy it up. But I guess this is like Helena's right-hand bodyguard dude, her little...
0: He's definitely what Sammy was talking about as like coded as evil in every one of his lines. He's like, yes, your highness. Right (laughs) Uh away, your highness, of course. (laughs) just like waggling his eyebrows or yeah looking down his old man nose not much to say about that I mean I just thought it was that body double shot of this girl who is has not a single line on her face who's supposed to convince the entire public that she's Helena I mean don't get me wrong Elizabeth Hurley is beautiful she's a beautiful woman like very very attractive just it was it was just
1: funny to me that's all but not
0: knocking her If anyone, it's the casting director's
1: fault. This does start my least favorite subplot in this episode, which is Helena and I can't remember her boyfriend's name. Cromwell? That sounds right. (laughs) Yes, it was. It just sounds like that would be his name to me.
0: I don't know that we ever get his name in this episode because I was trying to listen for it the second time around. And I was like, what the F is your name? We should probably make up a name for him now just so we have something to call him.
1: There was a reviewer named Tasha Robinson, I think, on the Dissolve who coined the term handsome blandling. And he reminds me very much of a handsome Blandling, of which there are at least five or six on this show.
0: Every love interest who is not one of the main characters is a handsome
1: Blandling. For sure. Like,
0: we also have Nick in this episode. Oh my God. He's the
1: ultimate one, the Er example.
0: (laughs) We get to actually one of our things that we legitimately like, which is um, Eleanor and Liam's sibling rapport. They smoke weed together. Um, but there's an exchange I actually wrote down because I really like. They're complaining about their mom, which is 99% of their conversations. Mm-hmm. I don't blame them yeah. because they really both should be in therapy solely because of their mother. And they're talking about her, how she like makes these entrances at these balls. And they say that last year she rode in on a unicorn. <laughs> that poor bloody horse. <laughs>
1: think
0: i missed that actually (laughs) and they bring it up again later too yeah
2: yeah i actually um you mentioned that you talked about how you like the rapport between the two of them and i really liked the rapport between the two of them as well it's like the only the only two people in this show that really have like chemistry that's believable and i liked that yeah yeah yeah, I I completely
1: agree with you. I think that Eleanor actually has pretty good chemistry with a lot of people. Like a lot yeah. of, I think Ophelia and Liam can be both boring as performers right. on the show as actors, but I think their scenes with Eleanor are often their best best for both of those characters. I think Eleanor really just kind of brings everybody else up just a little bit whenever she's yeah. on screen with them. She's definitely
2: charismatic.
0: Yeah, usually having Eleanor around gives another character a chance to be funny like Ophelia is really at her best when she gets a chance to be funny um Merritt Patterson who plays Ophelia like can be totally like she she's not without comic timing so it's always nice to see her with Eleanor or even with Gemma like just Liam and Ophelia are so beautiful like Mm -hmm. they're beautiful and they look great together it makes me wish they had character traits (laughs) right
1: (laughs) I'll hand it to Liam and Ophelia. Their relationship is more interesting to me than Helena and... John Doe. John Doe. We'll call him John Doe. Let's
0: just call him John Doe. I really think it works. But honestly, you guys, this isn't on us because I've watched this episode several times and they... Like, he calls her my queen and she'll be like, sweetheart. So I don't know that... I don't remember hearing his name. It might have been in the garden party episode where he showed up and they like looked at each other significantly from <laughs> across the crowd. So we kind of, uh, we go, Liam leaves the scene and who should enter but Jasper? Oh, Jasper, on. the bodyguard. Jasper. <laughs> and we still, as the audience, we still don't know whether he's actually an English orphan from Shoreditch or whether he's the child of, like, chronic gamblers from Las Vegas. But, of course, in typical Royals fashion, he's wearing these super on-the-nose cufflinks <laughs> that have, like, Jack of Spades, Jack of Diamonds,
2: I think. Of diamonds, s- I think are- diamonds, jack yeah. of Diamonds, that's what it, it is. Was
1: jack of Diamonds.
0: Yeah, she's, like... I wanted to see him in a tuxedo come to the ball.
1: He was not supposed to be working that night, but she like convinced him to come because she wanted to see him in a tux and those cufflinks, which I do not like. Those are not not classy cufflinks, by the way.
2: No, it's like going Considering- go a ball at the palace, like. I know. You're shit on. together, Fucking Jasper.
1: <laughs> playing card couplings? Jesus Christ. Come on. Take it up a notch.
0: It's really weird to me that um, the whole palace staff seems like really chill about whether the royals are accompanied by bodyguards or not at any given moment. Like, Helena just dismisses her bodyguards because Lucius is with her. Like, he can't defend her. And then, you know, Jasper, like, has the night off from the ball. And it's like, look, Prince Robert just died. Under mysterious circumstances, he was a soldier, but we're kind of, like, meant to think that even the military isn't, like, totally sure it was actually a military accident. And not that long ago, there was an assassination attempt on King Simon that resulted in Ophelia's mother being killed by a stray bullet. So it's weird that the security staff is as, like, chill about everything as they are yeah
1: (laughs) it really sends the message that this staff is just in it for a paycheck they do not give a shit at all
0: i think it's like a storytelling convenience thing but it's just another one of those things where you're like this isn't how royalty works
2: (laughs) right yeah and the staff seems pretty like disorganized everybody's kind of like willy-nilly like walking around and i i don't know i'm I'm a fan of Downton Abbey, and so I like my servants in lines, <laughs> doing, with their duties very carefully planned out and pristine, and this, this show lacks Quietly that attention to detail. Su- quiet,
1: dignified suffering, basically.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly, until we get to see the downstairs perspective and hear all their sad stories.
1: There
0: is no downstairs in this show. It is all upstairs. Terrible. Which makes it even more frustrating. Yeah, the characters get like, gone on these like kind of super elitist like tangents sometimes and it makes it even more unbearable because at least when it happens on Downton Abbey, you're like, oh, we're supposed to see like how horrible this is. Cannot say the same of the royals. Here's where I need Sammy's opinion because Gemma, the blonde girl, who's Liam's on-again, off-again girlfriend since childhood, her dress is oh hideous. And I wrote, quote, I feel sorry for her. Sad. Sad. No,
2: I agree. I was like... First off, I I felt that about 90% of the fashions in this show appeared to be from, like, Forever 21 or Old Navy, depending on the gender of the character. But especially Gemma's dress was, like, a rejected, like, homecoming dress from, like, the homecoming queen in Indiana is, like, her second choice that she didn't end up getting.
0: Like. Yeah, but, like, in 2012, when we were all doing high-low mullet hems, you know, where yeah. it's, like, super short in the front and then really long in the back, it's the most hideous shade oh of purple, which is just, like, she's a beautiful girl, and mm-hmm. this dress makes her look like she's 40 years old. Right. Her hair... Is a mess, right? And oh god, I just wrote sad over and over again.
2: She had like blue eyeshadow on, which totally did not suit her at all. It was the whole look was awful, and I was like, God, she's really pretty. She needs a better team in general.
0: She's a diamond heiress. That's why her name is Gemma. So I was like, Okay, (laughs) Nick, Ophelia is boring, nothing of a secondary love interest who has no traits besides the fact that he quote hangs out in his loft and avoids social media which is a word for word line of his <laughs> oh my God. from an earlier episode
1: super hard to make you believe this guy's really cool and hip like he knows all the cool music they try again in this episode even though they don't name drop a band <laughs> right. but last episode he name dropped M83 just to cuz you oh know Nick's God. the cool guy he lives in the yeah. cool neighborhood and has rooftop parties.
0: Ophelia comes in. She looks very, very beautiful. I love what they did with her hair. Yes. And her makeup looks amazing. Liam sees her. You know, they're like giving each other sad looks. Mm-hmm. Nick comes in and compliments her dress. And this is not just me saying this. The actor playing Nick is delivering most of his lines directly into Ophelia's cleavage. I noticed He's that. He's like, I really like your dress. <laughs> like, just staring straight down into her boobs which i mean i get it like i said she looks great but it was just really funny he like just keeps complimenting her looks but it takes him like a solid five minutes to make eye contact (laughs) with her in this episode he can't actually make like a sexual spark happen because he's so self-deprecating that it's like extremely unattractive he's like I know you don't want me here And you're probably just using me But
2: eventually I'll wear you down Which is like the (laughs) least sexy thing You could possibly
1: say It's like, ugh, okay, never mind (laughs) to be fair he's like right he's totally right she probably doesn't want him there
0: the last time he tried to hang out with her she said she couldn't because she was washing her hair yeah so that's real he's not a bad looking guy like he is handsome Mm -hmm. oh we move away from nick and we get to queen
2: helena's entrance oh yes it was
1: beautiful She is dressed sort of in a vaguely sort of an Egyptian style. And she's brought out by like some folks dressed as like, you know, the statues of pharaohs you might see this, who are carrying her on like, I don't know what the proper name is. It's like a litter. There you go. A litter. And they basically <laughs> uh carrying her like above their heads and like four dudes, like a procession. And they set her down on, like, a little mini stage next to the regular stage where she just kind of chills. It's really over the top. It's gaudy. You glossed over pers- the
0: fire breathers. Yeah. You're fired uh, from this podcast. No, go ahead. <laughs> well, before she enters on her litter, some guys come in and just, like, breathe fire from torches <laughs> a bunch of times. <laughs>
1: The classiest, the classiest thing you can do.
0: So safe, especially in their tiny, crowded ballroom where there doesn't even seem to be enough room for people to dance, let alone breathe fire.
1: Surprisingly, no sword swallowers. Uh, Disappointing. Nobody being cut in half is part of an illusion.
0: I'm sure that Helena tried, but with the lingerie situation, there just wasn't enough money in the budget. Cause she had spent it all already on underwear. Correct. I think they yeah. actually make a literal Cleopatra reference because. Eleanor so. looks at Helena and says, oh, the queen who would be king. How perfect. Yeah. Which is fitting. Um, and before that, I, I think there is a cute Ashok moment because he's wearing, I don't know. Oh, I feel bad. I forgot to write down the word for this. He's wearing like a, um, face covering. It's mm-hmm. not a bandana. It's like a thin scarf that goes over the lower part of his face instead of a mask. And Gemma's like, oh, Ashok, you're so embarrassing because you're lazy. And Ashok's like, my eyes are my best feature. And he just bats his eyelashes at her in a way that I thought was genuinely really cute and
2: funny. Yeah, I found that endearing.
0: I can't hide it, you guys. I've been trying for like three episodes now. I'm a fan of Ashok. And when he's on screen, I'm usually happy about it because (laughs) it's so nice to have a character who isn't like, Taking themselves so seriously. Like he's the only one who doesn't like I am full of angst and existential dread. <laughs>
1: yeah. He's lighthearted. He's also very much the Jerry of this particular group, where everybody just kinda gives Ashok shit all the time for no good reason.
0: Jerry Gurgich. I thought you meant Jerry Seinfeld for a second, and I was like, <laughs> he's more like oh, the Kramer, yeah. actually. <laughs> Helena and Cyrus kind of, uh, Cyrus sidles up to Helena while she's laying there on her couch in front of hundreds of people, as you do. And they start talking about how they're going to have a sex party to entice the members of the House of Lords to stay on their side. They don't explicitly all... say it's
1: a sex party. That's kind of a surprise later on.
0: Is it? Is it, though? Because all of Helena and Cyrus's plans revolve around sexual blackmail. That's right. true. Yes, all of them.
2: The sex party was heavily implied. <laughs> yeah, they're like he, they're he like. He talks about we, how
1: he's going to convince the House of Lords to come to their side in regards to not abolishing the monarchy.
0: To come to their side, sure.
1: We'll because change the spelling up.
0: Basically, what Cyrus does is he says normal sentences, but he puts emphasis <laughs> on significant <laughs> words. Like, when that guy comes up to him and they're talking about Holloway, who he has had um, sex with to blackmail him, Mm -hmm. and he gives him the cocaine, he's like, I know how you love a good ball. And it's like, (laughs) yes, we remember that you two had sex with each other. Thank you. Right. Again, this this is why half my notes for this episode are, we get it.
2: Right. It's like, I didn't even see any previous episodes, and I was like, oh, okay, that happened.
1: (laughs) <laughs> to be fair, with Cyrus, We Get It could be every single episode, almost every single line. He
2: is amazing.
1: Stand he's out. Great. He's one of the best parts of the show. <laughs> yeah. Isn't
0: he? I mean, all joking aside, he's a legitimately fantastic actor. Right. He's so good.
2: He knows exactly what his role is, and he is delivering And I love him for it.
0: So Nick says that David Beckham smiled at Ophelia. And it's like (laughs) this whole thing. This is so classic of the show. They talk about famous British celebrities. But there are no celebrity (laughs) cameos. Like none. Not even someone's image. You know like how in the background of a sitcom you'll see like someone like in a picture shaking hands with George W. Bush. Like not even that. Like uh, we get to a patented Royals TM exposition dump where we just learn a lot of stuff about a character by them telling each other information that they should already know. Helena uh, and John Doe have absconded to this little cabin where she's set up this incredibly bougie picnic for the two of them (laughs) and she's like talking about like oh we had to hide from my father he couldn't know that I was like dating the help so we're like okay you two knew each other as teenagers, and he was your family's servant.
1: They pass over this bridge. Is that a real bridge, or was that a painting? It almost looked like a painting to me. Do you, you mean like Mary the- Poppins? No, like, it looked fake. It was really picturesque, but, like, too much so? When they cross over that bridge, did you see that? They cut back to it, the exact same shot. From the exact same angle later on.
2: I didn't and notice I really the bridge think...
1: because I was noticing how giant the fucking moon was. It took up like half the <laughs> So big. Like, unrealistically big. That's yeah. part of the reason why I think it may have been fake.
0: You guys, first of all, two things. One, that was the moon from Moulin Rouge that sings at the end of your song. I'm 99.9% <laughs> sure. Good. And okay. uh, two, the episode title is Unmask Her Beauty to the Moon. Get it? Moon? They Slap a CGI it. moon up there, motherfuckers!
1: Yes, I'm sure they picked that one for the moon reference. Yeah, so they spend the entire party together, because Helena's like, all that matters is my entrance and my grand exit. No one gives a shit about the rest, so they uh, they just disappear for the, for the duration of the actual party, and almost every scene with them is kind of an exposition dump, because then Helena, yeah. like gives her backstory where she's like I still remember the day father came home and it was Black Monday and all the stocks had crashed and we lost all of our money and we had to I had to marry the king it's her big I'm loving moment. your
0: British accent Nanny McPhee uh-huh.
1: thank you
2: beautiful
0: no it really it's not bad it's just it's never made an appearance on the show wait a second Zach are you really from Colorado or are you from Shoreditch are you an orphan What's your story?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, the son of perfect.
0: Everyone leaves this fucking party. Like everyone leaves this party. It's not a good party. Helena's is off doing her thing with her mannequin. Cyrus scoops up the entire House of Lords and like every female <laughs> servant and takes them to his sex party. <laughs> Apparently, Eleanor and Jasper are literally the only people at the party who knows there's a balcony. They're the only ones who have <laughs> realized that there's a balcony. Right.
1: Which That's true. Leaves yeah. us
0: with. Liam, Ophelia, Nick, Gemma, and Ashok to just, like, make make eyes at each other inside the ball. Like, really, all that's going on is we have that old trope of, like, when Liam's looking at Ophelia, she's looking at Nick, and it seems like she's having a good time. But then Ophelia looks over at Liam, but, oh, no, he's talking to Gemma, and it seems like they're having a really good time. (laughs) But, like, then he looks back, and it's just like, yes, yes, yes. We get it. We get it. We get it. Yes. They still like each other.
1: It is pretty interesting because this split between them, between Liam and Ophelia, has at this point, I think, been going on for like, what, twice as long as they were actually an item, if not more?
2: They were never an item. They were
0: hanging out,
2: so... Wasn't the conflict just that she, there was, like, a an Instagram video of her, like, looking cozy with Nick? That Liam was, like, watching over and over and over again earlier in the episode? So they didn't even kiss after that Instagram video. Like, they leaned in and she was like, no! Which is
0: why it's crazy that he's at this ball with her. He tried to kiss her and she was like... I have to brush my teeth or something. I don't know. I need to go. I think I hear my dead mom calling me by.
2: (laughs) So she could not be less into him is what you're saying.
0: (laughs) This is the meanest and nastiest we probably ever see Ophelia in the entire course of the show. Mm -hmm. Liam is polite to Nick because he's not a complete piece of shit. Like Ophelia acts amazed that Liam doesn't walk up and like punch Nick out. It's like, (laughs) He invited him to the ball. He's not going to be a dick. I know you want him to be because you want to have, like, your, like, male aggression, like, they're fighting over me thing. Right.
1: But... She she mentions to both of them separately that she's really upset that they like one another. <laughs> right. Or at least they're acting like they like one another, which I think is more accurate.
2: She's like, ew, why are you so nice to each other?
0: It's really, it's really, like it's really unappealing on her. I just wrote in all caps that she's acting like a big baby because she is. But on the other end of the spectrum, you have Gemma who has crazy eyes in this episode. She gives Ophelia a flute of champagne. I'm like, that shit is poisoned. Mm -hmm. 100% that champagne is poison. And I wrote that down. And then as I was writing that down, Ophelia is like, I'm not going to drink this.
2: (laughs) Good move.
0: smart here we go you guys we're talking about (laughs) as sammy buries her face in her hands i feel you i just don't have a free hand so i can't bury my face in my hands uh we go back down in those super convenient tunnels where there is cell service as we learned in the last episode (laughs) eleanor
1: aggressively attempts to initiate sex with jasper who immediately sort of pushes her away and is like, okay, you're trying to control my behavior tonight. You are the one initiating. You're making me come here in this tux. And he's just like, basically, this is not how it is. And very blatantly sort of lays out this dominant, submissive relationship to her. Which he comes back to later on the balcony. But this is the first sort of very, very, very clear uh, instance, that that seems to be what he is going for.
2: That was their first conversation about it?
1: Well, well <laughs> their relationship's fucked, <laughs> okay. basically. It's well, very difficult. Well, yeah, I
2: got that. But
0: <laughs> we actually cut right from the tunnel scene to them on the balcony. There's a commercial break, and we come right, right okay. back, and That's it's them right. on the balcony. And I really want to talk about this, because there are a few things... That I think really need to be addressed, especially because Zach and I have to continue to talk about this relationship in a hopefully (laughs) somewhat politically correct way as we go forward with the show. So Eleanor says that Jasper wants her to be his sex slave, which is a term that I took issue with because... Sex slavery is a very real thing and it's not like a sexy thing. I get that they're trying to do this like bDSM relationship type thing, but it's 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 that the use of that term kind of stuck out to me, but I think what this episode is trying to do with Eleanor is like pull my hair and like her initiating some of their rough sex and then like this conversation where he tells her, like, okay, go up on stage, tell everyone I'm blackmailing you, out me, and then she doesn't. Mm -hmm. I think that the show is trying to show us that it's a consensual, dominant, submissive relationship. I think that's what they're trying for. right? But
1: this 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 is still a relationship
0: that started with sexual blackmail. Mm -hmm.
1: And in future episodes. But yeah, that's the problem that they can never get over, is that regardless of if he actually drugged her or not, regardless of if there was a tape or not, perhaps the first time could be excusable as they were, she was drunk and it was whatever, consensual, and you got that's, fired. After that, mm, clearly, cl- I mean, that, even that's That's rape, shady. too. That's already
0: rape. He was sober and she yeah, was not. That's
1: yeah. true. Well, I, I yes, if he, he was sober, so scratch that. That's, yeah.
0: I know the show doesn't want us to think of it that way, but right. I refused to not see it that way.
1: Right. Especially, And, and then after that, at least for some amount of time, they were having sex under the pretense that if she did not do it, he would ruin her reputation, essentially. Which is pretty hard to get over. Like, right. The show wants it to be a really romantic thing. It's pretty clear uh, in this episode and in subsequent episodes and in some stuff that we've already seen.
0: I'm speechless. I mean, it really boggles the mind no, what they're it, going for with this plotline.
2: It definitely does and, you know, the the fact that they're trying to they're trying to create this kind of dom sub sexual relationship with these two is like it always bothers me that the the kinky sex on television happens with like the most fucked up character as the sub usually. Yeah, it pathologizes yes. that kind of um that kind of relationship and it makes it like really unhealthy from the get go. Where like you know if like a dom sub relationship on a a trashy show like this could be like a really fun subplot. Um, <laughs> like in trying yeah. to navigate that. Um, but the way they, they went about it was, like, it was just, like, these quick little whispered conversations and then, like, oh, if I'm your Dom, that means I get to tell you what to do all the time. every Every day. You go on that stage, you know, and do this. And it's, like, mm, that's not how it yeah. works. It's,
1: like, one quick, like, a, a rewrite where they could even somehow retain the power struggle aspect of their relationship, but have it not include coerced sex in any right. way
2: exactly would have
1: made There's, the entire plot line ten times better.
0: Right. I agree. And I'm really glad we're having this conversation because he she's a princess and he's her servant, basically. So you already have a flipping of the power dynamic there. You don't need to add on the um, you know, sexual assaults. Right. There's yeah. no need. But I did want to say it's so interesting, Sammy, that you compared this show to a more traditional daytime soap opera mm-hmm. because Soap operas have been known to do this, to right. have a character start out as a rapist and then end up, like, down the line, turning into a love interest who marries the female protagonist. Oh, yeah, it happens all like, the that time. Has, yeah, that fa- has famously happened. It's like a weird trope. So, I, I mean, I really think that we are putting a little more thought into this than the writers ever did. Like I think they were just like, it's gonna be like sexy and they're gonna hate each other, but they're just gonna wanna fuck each other's brains out <laughs> right. against a wall in a tunnel where it's like dank and shit. Like <laughs> right. I get it. It's just it goes so off the rails. Mm-hmm. I I don't know if him telling her that there's no video makes it better. I don't think it does. Or worse. I don't think it does.
2: For me. Ugh. I mean... Because he just fake it, blackmails it, her into having sex with him, and, like, I don't know. It's don't the even, same like, end result. It's right? the same opposite, Like, what's the,
1: what's the difference? Like, I don't know. He's still... He's, I don't know. Either way, he raped her. Right. Like well it doesn't matter no it, like, totally it's entirely secondary if the video ever exists right right
0: although it's and i'm not trying to point. excuse jasper here no. but because of of how many times he's lied now i wonder if they even had sex that night at all like maybe he never raped her because they never had sex that night we have we don't know there's another girl in the bed when they yeah. wake up and she's never mentioned. They she never
1: mentioned the that there's a She walks out of that room, like, fucking as quick as she can go. She is, she is out.
2: Smartest character on the I show mean, so far. Exactly. And she's not a character. She's an extra. Yeah, and she's I know. gone. We never see she her again.
0: Out. But, like, yeah. I want her to come back, like, a reveal. Like, a character. Like, maybe Nick, like, unzips his skin. <laughs> and, like, it turns out to be the girl. And she's like, I saw it all. And I'm here to tell you everything.
1: Yeah. But it doesn't, even that... Like, okay, let's say they didn't have sex that night. He still made her believe that he raped her that night. I know. Right. Again, I'm not not excusing it at all.
0: It doesn't make it better. I just am saying, at this point, literally 100% of what he says could be a lie. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. oh, he's just the... Jack of Diamonds, isn't he? <laughs> Nick lets Gemma steal him away for a dance because he has no sense of self-preservation. <laughs> I wrote, quote, God, he's dumb and bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is another thing that I took issue with. Oh, I'm so glad I have Sammy here to be here to witness all my angry Yay. rants. Because Liam and Ophelia dance And Liam is referring to Nick as Ophelia's boyfriend. Yes, I see your eye roll, and I am there with you in this moment. And Ophelia's like, he's not my boyfriend, which is fine. Then Liam's like, well, he's not your boyfriend. Why are you guys, like, leaning into each other to kiss in that Instagram video? And it's like, first of all, hi, stalker. Second of all, are you seriously trying to shame her for kissing someone who's not her boyfriend when they didn't actually kiss? And two... When you guys were dating, you were just, quote-unquote, hanging out. So, like, you never labeled your relationship either.
2: Right. It was like, it's like he was so smiley and sweet when he asked her to dance. And then he immediately starts interrogating her about, like, yes. everything that she's been doing while they're apart. And it's like, well, okay. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Like, I don't have the backstory. So, um, you know, so my reaction was just like, oh, what is this guy's damage, basically? Because... <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> because even if even if she did like totally make out with Nick, she wouldn't be doing anything wrong, you know? Exactly. So. Exactly. Um I do love the
0: moment though as Ophelia storms away, Gemma's like, "Love your earrings," and Ophelia's like, "Thanks." I like that Thanks.
1: Too. Yeah, that I was like great.
0: <laughs> I honestly wish there were just <laughs> More Gemma and Ophelia snark in each other's scenes uh-huh. because I do feel like those actresses, in spite of the fact that they're playing enemies, mm-hmm. have a really nice rapport. Yes, they do. Yeah. Then we cut back to Helena and John Doe, and this is what Zach was talking about with the exposition dump. Helena, uh-huh. you know, Helena's a girl in a world whose only job is to marry rich.
1: Sure. Um, her <laughs> may have no sons. Who knows?
0: <laughs> we don't know. Um, her soldier boyfriend goes on this monologue where he keeps referencing this character who we've never heard of, so there's no emotional stakes, mm-hmm. a soldier that he lost in battle. I guess there might they might be trying to make some Robert parallels there because Helena's oldest son died in a quote-unquote military accident. Huge air quotes around that. Right. <laughs> He's just like, I'm perfect. I still think about all the soldiers that I tried to save that died. And it's like, yes, we get oh. it. You're perfect. But First. the fact is that King Simon is still the most lovable character on this show. The Before. audience is never going to root for his wife to cheat on him. And They're never going to get that to happen.
1: There's so many problems. This is my least favorite subplot for a reason. For one, the, the, the attempts to make Helena sympathetic, just, for me, they don't work in the slightest. Because she's so reprehensible up to this point that it's completely unearned for them just to toss one little bottle in and be like, Oh, she had a slightly difficult child. She was less rich one day, so now we're supposed to feel sorry for her. And two, first of all, we don't even know what the fuck this guy's name is, so I don't think we care about him that much.
2: Right, no. And I was
1: talking about, like, this guy we don't even know is like, oh, when I was in the war, my friend Henry, who the fuck is Henry, <laughs> died. I actually did
0: a double take, because I was like, Henry, Henry, who is Henry? What episode was Henry mentioned in? And then I was like, oh, it's just... Some no guy, one. somebody.
1: Okay. Those, it's the most unarmed pathos that ever. I, I right. don't like this subplot very that much. That
2: subplot, all. all of those scenes felt like they were from a different show, almost like they felt they were from a perfume commercial. <laughs> right, right. They're like they looked like a romance cover. She's wearing like <laughs> an old school, like Victorian era corset right now. Let me point out. <laughs> and, yes, and he 100%. is. He is like you know. Shirtless and glistening a little bit, you know, <laughs> and like they're in this little cottage with a fireplace, and there's like rustic bread. And I'm like, what the fuck it's is like the going on of right like a now. Novel, Yeah,
1: basically. exactly.
2: Yes, they're
0: exactly. like naked under fur. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's too and much. It's like everything is like lit by fire. Right. It would be way more sympathetic to have this plot line if we felt like Helena was coerced into a marriage with a man who didn't care about her or wasn't understanding, but for the past few episodes, we've watched her lash out at her children and her husband while her husband is like saintly understanding, even though the fact that he's a father who just lost a child as well. So it's not like he's not understanding of her mourning and John Doe is. Like right. it really feels like she does this adultery plotline is so unearned and music plays. of the time in this episode, Mm -hmm. music is playing constantly. Like it goes from music cue to music cue with no break. And they keep playing the song by the band that's performing. It's like through the usual stages. And I'm going to hate listening back to that when I hear this (laughs) podcast. But I needed people to know the song I was talking about because it lasts forever. And they play it like five times. It is fucking brutal. Yeah, they play music just constantly, and I feel like they're leaning on that so hard to make us feel something for Helena and John Doe is playing these, like, maudlin songs. Um, so Nick and Ophelia basically say goodnight at this point, and Ophelia, oof, it's rough. It's rough to watch. Nick is like, Liam is a nice guy. You were right. And Ophelia goes, maybe you two should date. And it's like calm down take it down a notch and um then she's like fairy tales are such bullshit you want your prince to fight for you and he never yeah. does and nick's like oh well that's my cue to go jump off a bridge see ya <laughs> and that should be the last time we see nick but sammy if you can believe it that is not the last time oh, we will no. see nick God.
2: i hate this bad boy thing i hate it so much oh <sighs>
0: Me too, right? He comes back in season two. No. I know. That was my reaction. Yeah, Ophelia acts like a big, dumb baby, and it's really, it's pretty much the meanest she ever is. Liam swoops in the instant Nick leaves because he was circling her and her boobs like a fucking vulture.
2: (laughs) Disorbiting.
0: He invites her to Monaco because next week the show is taking us to Monaco and we need as much of the cast to be there as possible.
1: (laughs) Yeah, with I, they got some arrangement with... They have a vacation house in Monaco. The Prince of Monaco is going to be there, they note. Should we talk briefly uh, about Cyrus's sex party? Should we? I feel like it has to be mentioned at some point.
0: I mean, what is there to say about it? He gives this speech about how there are all these benefits you can only have if the royals are in charge. And then all the servants, who are all women, take off their clothes. He's like... The only people going down are your waiters. And they all are in the black lingerie that, as we have seen in previous episodes, all palace staff wears under their uniforms at all times.
1: To be fair, I don't think that they were actually staff. I'm pretty sure he just got like a Costco number of prostitutes to come to this party. (laughs) That is
0: a turn of phrase I have never heard before.
1: (laughs) So uh, they very much imply that they are not staff.
0: I'm thinking about various horrifying news stories that I've read. Mm -hmm. Are we really supposed to believe that politicians who aren't royals don't have sex parties and have sex with prostitutes as well?
2: Right. Like, and this is a party. First of all, the party, the sex party has way more attendees than the dance. (laughs) I found that very strange. (laughs) <laughs> Second of all, they're like, you know, you say like a Costco pack, but they're like five to six prostitutes, maybe. And like oh. 70 dudes in there, <laughs> I feel like. and so, 70 dudes with a median age of 70 right, years and old. and they're all yeah. just kind of... Like, like, there's a scene break, and then there's it comes back to the sex party, and there's like one dude getting a lap dance, and like three other guys like waiting patiently, <laughs> just watching.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty, yeah, uh, for.
2: <laughs> right. Holding the microphone, basically like
1: an face. overpopulated strip club, <laughs> right. pretty much at that
2: point. <laughs> right. It's a
0: very and the polite... lights are all on.
2: Like, yeah. It's like yeah. overhead fluorescent lighting. <laughs> yeah. Very polite, oh, very proper remiss. sex party. Everybody's fully. We'd closed. be
1: remiss not. Not to mention that Cyrus also provi- provides a platter with a little bowl full of Viagra oh, in it. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> I blocked that out.
0: <laughs> I, oh, my God. I mean, on the one hand, it's all so trite and horrible. But on the other hand, it's Cyrus. The yeah, actor it's... is selling the shit out of this. He's chewing the scenery. Like It took me, like, three watches to realize that this wasn't an opulent, like, sex cabal, like, Caligula. <laughs> Probably my least favorite line in the entire history of the show comes up in this episode. Prudence, the maid who Cyrus has coerced, forcefully coerced, into having sex with him before, he sees her and he's like, go wait for me in my room. So Prudence poisons his wine, as anyone would do. (laughs) Sure. But Cyrus being Cyrus, he kind of knows every trick in the book. So he has this great villain monologue about Henry VI and his 23 poisoned food tasters, which is beautifully done. Mm -hmm. It's just like whenever Cyrus comes on, I feel like I'm watching a great stage play. And then I remember that I'm not. (laughs) Um, But he catches her poisoning him and says, you know, if you don't follow King Simon around on his secret nightly walks... I'll turn you in. And also, if you don't have sex with me now, I'll turn you in. And then he starts to disrobe, and he says, I'll be slightly more gentle than they would be in prison. Oh, right. um,
2: I know. And, oh, I had to pause the episode on, at that moment, actually.
0: <laughs> I think overall, I mean, we've been kind of harsh on it, but that's because there's a lot to talk about. Like, this was a fun episode in that it was rich with incident. Mm-hmm. But that being said, that line is deeply not okay. Like, prison rape isn't funny. I feel weird having to spell that out. I mean, even coming from Cyrus, I just put four frowny faces next to my writing down of that line, and that's pretty much sums it up. On
1: the whole, the one thing I will give this aspect of the show over the Jasper-Ellador thing is that Cyrus is clearly, clearly, clearly portrayed as an evil character. That's true. That's fair.
0: Yeah. I guess, you know, but the show, I mean, it's still like, it's not an HBO show, though. That's the thing. Right. I know that they want to have like some sexy times to draw the viewer in, and I get that. But it's not, like, a hard R show. If the show were on HBO, I would have heard that line and been like, whew, he's really evil. I feel like Mm -hmm. in this show, it stuck out to me tonally, like, as something that was way harsher, a way harsher place than the show usually goes to. Maybe that was part of the reason for me taking as much issue with it as I did. But it's just so unpleasant.
1: This episode is also the second time he says to her that enthusiasm counts. Like, ugh. This is, he said that once before in, I think, the first episode. So that's almost his catchphrase at this point, Uh which is pretty unsettling in and of itself.
0: No, his catchphrase is, We're not so different, you and I.
1: (laughs) He's only said that once, I think. I wish that was his catchphrase. If he said that every episode, I would be so happy to a different (laughs) character. And he says it to a
0: different character. Exactly. A different (laughs) character every time. Eleanor and Cyrus are my favorite characters to watch, and they hate Mm. each other. But they're definitely the two best actors on the show, which is probably part of the reason I like them. Mm -hmm. They have great chemistry when they're on screen together, which they never are on screen together enough.
1: So there's one weird exchange that I thought was a little – that very much made me roll my eyes – where Gemma asks Liam if he were to be with Ophelia and the press would like ruin his life and Helena would hate it, and then he's like, and what would you be left with? And he's like happiness. Happiness. Oh. <laughs> happiness. Oh, oh goodness.
0: Man. My heart would flutter. If let's pretend the show was set on Earth One, our uh-huh. universe, not an alternate universe. Would the press really savage him for dating an American?
1: I feel like they'd kinda like it. I mean, I remember, oh, well, the American thing, maybe, but, like, she's not even really an American. She was born in Britain, remember? Yeah, I mean, she has dual
0: citizenship. She has dual citizenship, so her dad is fully British.
1: Like, I don't think it would be that big of a thing at all. I think a lot of people would be charmed by it. America would love it. Britain would get so much money from Americans, probably, when they eventually wed.
0: Also, she's beautiful. She's a dancer. And her name is Ophelia. So, I feel like there's a lot of stuff that people could, like, latch onto with that.
2: Yeah, the press would love her. And
0: Liam and Ophelia are so clearly meant to be William and Kate parallels. I mean, that last shot of the two of them in the limo leaving for Monaco... I was like, oh first of all, they're just gorgeous. Right. But second of all, they really had like a William and Kate thing going on majorly,
2: majorly, majorly. Right. With with Ophelia's hair, especially in that in that scene, I was like, Oh, I see what they're doing here.
0: <laughs> Sammy, didn't you love the dress that she wore to leave for Monaco? Yes,
2: I did. I did love it. I was I was kind of Ugh. I was expecting her to be wearing like a cute little like you know skinny jeans fashionable traveling outfit but then she came out in this like gorgeous like dress that you could like be in a musical in and I was blown away Yes. It was wonderful.
0: He didn't even change out of his tuxedo. He didn't change out of his tuxedo. He's so slovenly that he hasn't showered. Meanwhile, Ophelia has packed, showered, changed, and done a beautiful braid in her hair. Like, Liam, what do you bring to the table in this relationship? (laughs) Right.
1: Exactly. (laughs) And just for the benefit of our listener, what happens at the end of the episode is they're leaving for Monaco. They're about to pull away. And at the last possible second, Ophelia comes out of the palace. Ready to join them?
0: Like we ever thought that she wasn't going to. <laughs> right, right.
1: No, it was you know a little fake out, whatever. Yeah, she they had. They, while I feel like they packing. almost had to do it.
0: Speaking of fake outs, this is pretty much the last thing we have to talk about. Oh, God. Okay, so Jasper is like, <laughs> in typical Jasper oh, yeah. fashion, he's like, "Go to your room, take off your stupid dress, get into bed, and wait for me." And we're like, "Okay," but she very clearly says, "Yes." which, again, I think is the show trying to show us that it's a consensual relationship because they fucked that up so badly from the start, so now they have to go back and try to right past wrongs. Right. But he gets there, and Eleanor is laying in the bed. She rolls over. It's Eleanor's body double, and she looks at Jasper and says, Lenny said you'd be handsome. And I'm like, you're on a nickname basis with the woman who you work for as a body double in case she might get assassinated? Wait, what?
1: I just assumed it was the body double because they had the one earlier in the episode. They don't actually technically say that. It could just be some woman.
0: It could just be her friend, I guess. But she doesn't really have... Girlfriends besides sort of Ophelia.
1: I'm sure she has hangers on and sycophants and things. Yeah, Um, she
0: means she has like girls who chill in her bed while she's getting sexually blackmailed. Yeah. (laughs) There's no other way to put that. Um, But then what I loved, they cut to Eleanor outside the palace and she like looks back and smirks. Like she has x ray vision and she can see exactly (laughs) what's happening at that moment. Like, I just loved it. I mean, she smirks beautifully. She is great. There's just, like, a really fun, like, little button of her being like, ha ha, gotcha.
1: John Doe and Helena, before they part, have a little dance in the hallway that's all private and quiet that Lucius breaks up.
0: How private is it? Because you can hear the music from the ball loud enough to dance to it. And there are, like, guests and stuff. That seemed seemed like an amazing way to get caught is to go right outside the doors of the party and be like, Let's rub our faces on each other. Oh, rub your stubble on me, John Doe.
2: (laughs) That's what I was going to say is that, like, it seems like the palace has, like, a speaker system throughout because, like, (laughs) there's a dance. There's a dance that happens on the balcony. There's a dance that happens in this weird hallway. You know, you can hear the music everywhere except for the sex party. The sex party is very soundproof. Chillingly quiet.
1: Best kept totally silent, except for the grunts and (laughs) disgusting noises. Yeah. No
2: music. No food. Just Viagra and wait, quietly waiting your turn. The sound of a mop
0: being pushed in and out of a bucket of water.
2: Bright light. I want to to be as bright as possible.
0: I want to see every one of this old ass man's wrinkles while I'm grinding my sequin clad ass
2: on him.
1: Yeah. Um. (laughs) Helena turns back and he's gone. And it's like the last little sympathy for Helena. I just want to put a button on this sympathy for Helena aspect and say that this is how little it worked for me. I had less sympathy for John Doe and Helena than I did for at one point. Eleanor gets on stage and is about to out Jasper and instead says that dress with those shoes what are you doing, bitch, to some woman? I felt more sorry for that woman who got called out for no reason than I did for Helena or John Doe.
2: Yes.
0: I think everyone in the country has just accepted that Eleanor is an alcoholic. She's like the drunk uncle who, like, he says something, you're like, haha, just leave him alone. Don't start a fight. Right. Like, that's pretty much the attitude. Like, all of England is your mom, and she's just trying to keep the peace. <laughs> She just wants to, like, have dinner for once without starting a fight. So someone says something terrible, and England as a whole is just like, ha, 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 pass the cranberry sauce. That's perfect. I feel like that was an emotional roller coaster, And despite all our complaints about things characters did, it was a good episode because a lot of absurd shit happened, which is all I want from the royals. I want absurd stuff to happen and there to be occasional hamlet references that's all i really ask
2: right. could i yeah. do
0: with slightly less sexual assault yes could i do with a lot less sexual assault also yes <laughs> sammy since you are esteemed guests i will have you go first what was your favorite moment of the episode
2: we talked about this a, a little bit at, at length already but no, actually, I'm changing my mind because we haven't <laughs> talked about this. I was going to say uh, Helena's um, entrance to the ball, oh. but I think the moment, because they're still trying to make us really feel for Helena, at the after after the ball is over and she's sitting on her <laughs> perch in this empty room and she's holding the crown that she oh, wore yeah. to the party and the flower <laughs> crown that What's This Face <laughs> gave her... And she's oh, just—that that's
1: that was supposed to like, be some symbolic shit. Yeah, too.
2: she's just like thinking. <laughs> Where it's like she
1: puts away this ostentatious thing. Right. Puts on this little flower crown. Right.
2: And she puts on the flower crown, and it's just so funny because they're trying to make us like think maybe she's considering that you know the the end of the monarchy wouldn't be such a bad thing. When you're like, no, she's the worst i have all, all yeah only seen one episode of the show and i know that she's the worst and this is not gonna happen so why are they doing this like what is the point but i just loved it because go ahead
0: oh actually her defining character trait is ambition that's right, all
2: right i just loved it because it gave uh um, elizabeth hurley like a real like lifetime movie moment um that she got to to do the like Soulful looking around and thinking about lost love that I love. It's a trope that I love. Yeah.
0: All of a sudden she was in love, actually. (laughs) Like for just one (laughs) moment. moment. She had a look on her face. Like she was a precious moment figuring it.
2: Yep. So I love that. All right.
0: Well, I'll turn it over to Zach. Favorite moment?
1: First, I have to give a quick shout out to Cyrus's purple suit with like a very golden tie. Yes. And a little yes. narrow scarf. As <laughs> yes. always, Cyrus bringing...
0: He looked like he was at Mardi Gras.
1: Yeah, he brings, like, his event suit game. <laughs> like, he's a weird pop star to every single episode. <laughs>
0: he really needs a pet monkey. <laughs> For yes. sure,
1: yeah. You know what? I think maybe I'll give it to a being kind of charming while trying to win Gemma's affections. I'll give it yeah. to
0: him. Yeah, that was cute. Especially his, my eyes are my best feature. Yeah.
1: Dink, ding, dink, ding, yeah. dink. Ding, ding. <laughs> so, um, and she eventually dances with him and he's a little taken aback, but they go out. It's very nice. shock good good job, buddy. You did well.
0: Yeah, I mean, I always drew for him. I it's so nice to have some comic relief. It really is. Like, that cannot be understated. Right. Um I ooh, I have two tiny moments, and it's a really close race. I'm gonna say that my runner-up moment is Eleanor and Liam hanging out with each other because like Sammy said they have the most like believable human chemistry you can see them being siblings and I really liked the line about like she rode it on a unicorn that poor bloody horse (laughs) Um, but my favorite moment blink and you miss it Ophelia I like your earrings (laughs) thanks that's
2: That's a good one (laughs) that's wonderful
0: Yes, uh Gemma drives me crazy sometimes, and she had major crazy eyes in this episode, but that only makes me love that moment all the more.
1: Sammy, do you have anything you would like to plug for our listening audience?
2: I do um I have a newsletter that comes out I intend it to come out weekly, but it comes out sporadically um called highly illogical. It's basically I tell a ghost story, I give a book recommendation. I talk about um, weird things I found on the internet and then just kind of have a final closing thought because I always have something to moralize about. So um, you can follow that at uh, tinyletter.com slash Spockgirl, S-P-O-C-K-R-R-L. And my Twitter handle is also S-P-O-C-K-G-R-R-L.
0: I actually, not only do I want to second that and recommend Sammy's newsletter, which is the first newsletter that I have ever subscribed to because I love Sammy and I love it. But I want to say... You should check out the Loose Canon film podcast, which is hosted by oh. our mutual friend Caroline Fulford. Sammy was on the latest episode, which is about Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. If you would like to listen to a podcast that's actually a beautiful intellectual discussion, unlike this podcast... <laughs> Uh, then I would highly recommend checking that out. That's Loose Canon C-A-N-O-N, podcast, and I will link to that, too.
1: If it interests you, um, Shannon has been on two episodes of that show in the back catalog, so you can always listen to those if you like that half of this hosting dynamic.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, Sammy, thank you so much for joining well, thank us. Thank you for having It was an me. absolute delight. I think we'll definitely be having you back. Anytime. Because... You are a trash TV queen, which is, I mean, is a very high compliment. Thank
2: you. Thank you. <laughs> it's the highest of praise. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thanks, guys, so much for tuning in. Um, and we'll see you next time. We will be doing a Destination episode Ooh, because yeah. we will be at the Sultan's Villa in Monaco. I'm Shannon Camp.
1: I am Zach Powers.
0: Thank you so much for listening.
2: Bye. <laughs>
1: Visit Stage of Fools on our Twitter at Stage of Fools Pod or on our Facebook page, Stage of Fools. The Royals is property of E. Stage of Fools is produced by Darren Husted, artwork by Joshua Hollis.